0: ladies and gentlemen welcome back to another crypto market update and this is something that we want to do on a more regular basis over here because as we're looking at the markets there's a lot going on both on the fundamental side of things with everything that's happening in the news the ETFs the having everything that we have coming our way but also on the charts as well we're seeing a lot of activity on Bitcoin Ethereum and most of the mainstream altcoins so kind of moving forward expect these crypto more these crypto market updates on a very regular basis isn't that right TiVo
1: yeah and uh just for everybody who doesn't know I think they might have heard my voice once or twice before my name is TiVo I'm the producer I'm in charge of all the media you know, behind the podcast behind our community And um, yeah, we've talked it over as a team. And we we love our flagship interview episodes, they're going to be coming out every week, just as usual with the top guests to give you inside information about what's going on in the space. Um, But we do want to get these more, um, you know, in the news style episodes out more often. And we've done them before. And I think they've been kind of, uh, I don't want to call it hit or miss, but more, uh, you know, non regular when big news came out, we would get the team together um, and get something done. And so, you know, as a team, we decided we want to try and get these out every week now. Um, So we're going to be trying to do stuff that's in the news, timely, some fun stuff, some charting with Brendan and Bryce will be here from time to time. We'll bring in Matt, I'm sure, from time to time and maybe other members of the team or some friends online and other guests. Um, But this is going to be a different style of episode. So we hope you'll give it a chance. We hope you'll like it. Um, But fear not, our episodes, um, our our numbered episodes, EP585, EP586, with those great guests that you know and love will be still coming every single week. We're going to be launching this show. We'll record it on Wednesdays. We'll get it out Thursday mornings. um, And we hope you uh, come to like it. And if you are interested in the charting, make sure you check us out on YouTube. Um, And we're going to have some fun and try and build this um, a different type of listen, a different type of view inside our, uh, our catalog here at Crypto 101.
0: Yeah, I mean, exactly. If you're coming to the markets and you're saying, hey, what in the world is going on this week? What do I need to pay attention to? I don't have hours and hours to dedicate towards the charts and filtering through all the noise in the news. Like, what do I actually need to hear? Well, this is gonna be your number one spot for it moving forward. Because like TiVo said, we're going to look at the charts. We're going to look at the news. We're going to look at some funny stuff that will probably give you a good laugh. In fact, we got something for you at the end of this episode that's going to do exactly
1: that. So I think it really is just to build off on what this is. This is really is the best of both worlds, because some of the comments that I do see on our podcast network and social media is, hey, love the interviews, but it's not as timely. And so, you know, we do our best to get some people that are top of the industry on our schedules and build our backlog and crypto. Everything happens so quickly. And so when we're doing an interview and we can't put it out for a week or two weeks or sometimes maybe even two and a half weeks, there's so much that goes on. So we're going to try and give you the best of both worlds, the best interviews that you can find the industry here on our channel. And then we're going to be building this with our updates, which we're doing today.
0: Absolutely. I mean, the number one thing that I've seen on everyone's mind here lately is like, what is happening with the ETF situation? Is it net good? Is it net bad? I mean, prices are falling after the ETFs came out. So like, you know, what's kind of going on here. And they're right. And we're going to look at the charts in just a bit. Um, but to kind of run through things, Bitcoin went up to its high of around $49,000, hit it the day of the ETF approval and then started falling from 49,000. And it actually peaked just yesterday. At least at the time of recording this video at just below 39,000 at around $38,300. So What's going on here? Well, there's two main catalysts that we have seen that's kind of causing the market to pull back here. Number one, I think the big one on everyone's mind needs to be grayscale. Grayscale was one of those ETF applications that got approved. They're one of the the groups inside of that bubble. However, while most people are seeing a bunch of positive inflows, there are a lot of of profit taking that is happening over on Grayscale. Now, a big chunk of this has to do with the number two that I want to talk about, which is also FTX. So we have to consider FTX and we have to consider Grayscale. Now, FTX was, I believe they're approved to sell about $1 billion worth of their GBTC shares. Uh, and for people who aren't familiar with the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust and what that has been over the last, I mean, several years now, basically, it was always intended to be like one of the first Bitcoin ETFs. It always kept getting rejected. And people weren't really able to withdraw out of that. And so it ended up depegging pegging from the price of Bitcoin. It was actually trading at around a 40% discount for a while. And so that means that, you know, let's just say if you bought, you know, worth of Bitcoin or $40,000 worth of GBTC, your GBTC would not be equal to that Bitcoin. And so what happened when the ETF got approved is that it regained that peg, it regained that parity. And with that, the investors who were suddenly down 40 plus percent, well, now they're up whatever Bitcoin rose, plus the pairing amount as well. And so grayscale saw and yeah, he showing it on the screen here i mean grayscale's gbtc just saw this massive uptick and so people were in these large amounts of profits maybe there are profits from just the past year maybe there are profits from a couple of years ago it doesn't matter what it is but people came in and they said hey we want to take profits here because we're up a lot the second group of people kind of looked at it and said well now that grayscale isn't the only like Person on the market here, now that they are not dominating market share, you know, why would I stay with them when I can go and look at BlackRock or Fidelity or Ark or Van Eyck or Franklin Templeton or Wisdom Tree? And the list goes on, right? Well, I think you have to consider here is that Grayscale has one of the largest annual custodial fees out of all of them. In fact, it's about five to six times higher than everyone else that TiVo is showing on the screen here. And just kind of looking at the The general flows of of how things have looked recently. And so people are saying, okay, well, why would I pay 1.5% to Grayscale when I can go and pay 0.2, 0.3% of an annual fee to maybe BlackRock or Fidelity or a lot of these other really trustworthy names that they know are going to be able to get the job done. So people are looking at this, they're saying, hey, I'm up a bunch of money. I'm paying these large fees when I don't have to. What would happen if I just take profit here and maybe switch to another asset manager? Or maybe I just take profit in general. And so that's kind of the first half of what's happening. And then the second half of what's happening is again, FTX was approved to sell almost a billion dollars worth of GBTC. So there's been a lot of selling going on to the market, um, but the rest of the ETFs, and I actually wanna throw this up so that everyone that is watching on YouTube can see this, but the rest of the ETFs over here are looking very, very good. In fact, this was something that was circulating around from a few days ago, actually about a week ago now, but you can see the total flows um that were that was happening just a little bit ago. And everyone's blue, everyone's positive. You know, you see Fidelity, iShares, Bitwise, Arc, Invesco, Valkyrie, Franklin, Van Eyck, Wisdom Tree, the list goes on. Everyone, positive inflows in terms of millions of dollars. And then there is the one outlier, which is grayscale. So when people are kind of asking us the question of when is the dumping going to stop? How can we know when the dumping is going to stop? And first and foremost, obviously, we don't have some crystal ball where we can say, "Hey, the dumping is going to stop on Friday at 3.22 Eastern time, and and that's going to be it. Uh, But what we can kind of deduce here is that Whenever Grayscale, whenever really the big sell orders on Grayscale stop coming through, I think as of yesterday, it's been over 2.4 or $2.14 billion or something like that. Um, so it's been a massive amount of selling pressure. So whenever the selling pressure kind of stops or begins to die down with the Grayscale ETF and GBTC, well, I would imagine that the market begins to bounce. Because you look at all the other positive inflows, and overall, the ETFs have been a massive success. In fact, I was just talking to someone um on a, a podcast in a summit interview right before this, and they were talking about how the Bitcoin ETFs accrued so much volume that they outpaced just about every other ETF that came out last year in 2023. And so they are seeing record levels of volume. They were a smashing success. And the cool thing is now, like we're looking at maybe the $10 billion in inflows that have come in. we're expecting 10 times that to come in during the duration of this year in 2024 so we truly do still believe that the best is yet to come the fundamentals of crypto have not changed the use cases have not changed you know yes we do have some people selling onto the market but what happens when they stop well if they stop and we still have an expected 90 billion dollars in inflows to come in to just the bitcoin etfs that's not including exchanges That's not including altcoins, that's not including anything else. What's gonna happen then? And I would imagine it will create a very strong turnaround point for the crypto market.
1: Hey guys, TiVo here to tell you about the UFI video lock, a smart lock, a 2K camera, and a doorbell all in one. They're always recorded locally and you will always have access. Customer support for the Eufy Video Lock is 24-7, so you don't have to worry about any issues you have, and it comes with an 18-month warranty. What I love about this product is is it's truly all-in-one. With the three-in-one, you don't have to go out and buy multiple parts. It's all in this package with the Eufy Video Lock. So if you're interested in learning more, Go on Amazon and search Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock. Again, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock. Get complete control over your front door. So I think that it's easy to play Monday morning quarterback and show all the charts and it all makes sense, right? This is a great representation of why the price is going down. But I find it funny that like, as, as the person that's not the technical analysis like yourself and not deep into the the investing trading space, I'm on the social media side. Nobody was talking about this. Yep. There was talk about the fee wars, especially the week leading up to it. Everybody kept changing their fees, but nobody talked about you know maybe like oh well the, these people are going to get more business but nobody nobody forecasted that gbtc was going to dump like this And I think it's I think that personally, and let me know what you think is, I think it's a testament to how many people are actually trading in the crypto space that isn't retail. These are a lot of speculators. There's I know, like, even somewhere like Vanguard, they're banning the buying of the ETFs Bitcoin, but GBTC was in Vanguard. And you could buy that like five years ago, eight years ago, but you can't buy it anymore. And this is before the ETF was even released. So I think the amount of money that the speculators were in the space was way more than people thought everybody thinks this bitcoin things propped up by a bunch of retail and some institutional investors and i think there's a lot more money managers that were in the space speculating
0: oh yeah, there's a ton of institutional money that is flooding into the space, especially now that these things are approved. Like They were in here before that, don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but now they are starting to become really active. And with the whole Vanguard situation, Tivo, I know we've talked about this, but I think it's so ironic, borderline hypocritical, that Vanguard won't allow their, their customers to trade the Bitcoin ETFs yet they are one of the biggest investors and like shareholders of MicroStrategy. They have, I believe they have shares uh, and stake in a lot of the miners that are out there as well. And so here they are, and I kind of understand their approach, but not really. But basically, they don't want their, their investors, they don't want their users trading the Bitcoin ETFs. But here they are having a big old stake in Bitcoin and blockchain technology itself. So a bit of a double standard. They're saying it's for these other reasons. We'll see If that holds up over time, because my theory is that eventually they're going to start to see how much money they're missing out on and how big this thing is going to become. And then eventually they might go, you know what, we we actually have reconsidered the matter. And, you know, maybe we will allow our clients to do this stuff. And the same thing's happening over at JP Morgan. Jamie Dimon comes out and says no one should touch Bitcoin. But JP Morgan is is working with Bitcoin and with a lot of crypto rather. And so they seem to be very bullish on it. And it doesn't uh, make
1: much sense because on Vanguard as well, you could buy like some of the Bitwise ETFs as well. And GBTC was listed. And like I used to own GBTC way back in the day and then i tried buying more um when we we talked about the discount that 40 percent 50 percent discount we talked about that i think in the spring oh yeah and i had i had to hop on robin hood and get just like as a gamble i threw you know not a ton of money but it, it ended up working out threw a couple bucks on it but i tried to do it inside of vanguard and it was one of those ones where you have to be um you know you have to have the license or a certain amount of money to be able to buy it so yeah it, it's interesting divergence that they're they're uh, standing on or dying on that hill yeah it is and
0: and we will see if they do die on that hill again I think it's it's probably just a matter of time we'll see you know they definitely have their reasoning
1: um but I think it's a good it just feels like the momentum's there like okay the cool off the speculators are selling getting their profit FTX GBTC the switch over the outflows it all makes sense but it just feels like there's so much more ammo for that next phase of of the bull run because now with all the ETFs, it's it's there. It's the easy access is there from everybody, from every retail person all the way up to the institutional growth should keep growing as well is what is what yeah. the hope is.
0: Yeah, spot on, man. Spot on. Well, I think we can take a look at the charts, too. I know people are probably saying, hey, it's cool of, of, of everything that's happening in the news. But like, what's happening with price? Am I going to make money? Am I making money? Am I losing money? Well, let's talk about it. Let's take a look because, you know, Bitcoin is certainly on the move here. And, as we said, it bottomed out over here right around thirty eight thousand three hundred dollars Now, after it kind of bottomed out here, we've seen Bitcoin back on the up and up, and so with this, there's a couple of kind of takeaways for a while we saw ethereum dominance rising, we saw ethereum outpacing Bitcoin now on dips like this in periods where there are you know more downside volatility, we tend to see Bitcoin be the stronger performer because it falls less um so let's just say Bitcoin fell by three and a half percent yesterday, Ethereum fell by about four and a half, five percent. That means Bitcoin dominance goes up because it's not falling as much uh, uh, as Ethereum is. And so what we've seen here is that right off the high up here, Bitcoin has been on a steady down path for the last couple of weeks, bottomed out here. And what we really want to see Bitcoin do is get back inside of kind of this sideways trading range that we are looking at. This is an area that Bitcoin came up once. We saw it break up over this level and then immediately kind of fall back down, bounce off of it once, twice, came back down towards it, bounced off the 50. We came down here actually just the other day, on Friday of last week, bounced off of it again, and we fell below here. So what we really don't wanna see is Bitcoin do like a break, hook, and go, as we like to call it, where it breaks down below, hooks on the way back up, and then goes. So we call this the break, hook, and go. And that's what we don't wanna see because actually, We saw the inverse of that happen on the upside over here, where we did the break, the hook, and the go towards the upside. And now what we really don't want to do is turn this former support into a newfound resistance. So I think that if Bitcoin can get back up inside of this range that it was trading in for about a month and a half, um, then the two immediate resistance levels that I'm looking at are the 50 and 20-day moving averages, which is also this previous swing high right here, or micro high. Uh, And that's going to be right around $43,000. Now above that, the big one that I'm looking at is our previous yearly high right around $48 to $49,000 right up in here. So if we're looking at like the short term, there's plenty of support kind of below Bitcoin. You know, we're zooming out here, we still have the 200-day moving average. We still have previous highs. We still have previous consolidation ranges. There's a lot of stuff that's kind of in between where Bitcoin is now and new lows. In fact, I would even go so far as to say I don't really even see new lows on the horizon so for all the people that are calling for like a 1k bitcoin a 10k bitcoin all that stuff uh to me it kind of comes through as nonsense i think it is just as foolish as saying as your your favorite crypto is going to go to like a 10 trillion dollar market cap uh it's kind of the same land of of outlandishness of that now if we switch things over to ethereum ethereum's a little bit different because you know while bitcoin and ethereum both broke their 50-day moving averages here it took a little bit longer for Ethereum to do this. And really up until maybe two days ago, um, over on Monday, Ethereum was actually holding value really, really well on top of, you can see, oops, and I might have drawn the wrong tool. Uh, and as you can see that Ethereum is actually and was actually testing this previous resistance range as a newfound support for a really long time. And then it wasn't until Monday that it actually saw the breakdown. But even now, you can see that Ethereum is coming off an area where even with this close, it's still considered higher lows. It's not breaking down the new lows yet. In fact, it hasn't even broken through the 200-day moving average. Now, one of the things that we've seen in the last, like I would say, few weeks, basically since the crypto market topped out a few weeks ago, is that Bitcoin was down around 20%, and altcoins across the board were down around 35%, maybe 40%, depending on the size of their market cap. The lower the market cap, you know, they tend to be down a little bit more because there's more volatility. And the larger the market cap, they tend to be down a little bit less. So when we're looking at altcoins kind of across the board, no matter what it is, they are down a little bit more off the highs, whether it's like Immutable X, Matic, Solana, the list kind of goes on here. Um, But I don't think it necessarily means that they're out. So kind of the way that I'm looking at this whole situation, um, before we dive into like Bitcoin and Ethereum dominance and all that, is that I'm really waiting to see a lot of confirmation. I know a lot of people want to just like, pile money into the crypto markets on the dips, which I think if you're a long-term investor, I don't think it's a bad thought at all. Um, but for the people who do like to do <clears throat> a little bit more of like a, a day trading strategy, and they like to be involved with more like short-term activities, um, to those people I'd say, you know, I don't think it's a bad thing to wait for some sort of confirmation. Um, whether that confirmation is support, you know, maybe that is touching the 200-day moving average in a week or two. But I think waiting for some some sort of confirmation here is not necessarily a bad sign. I think people are going to have to sit on their hands a little bit more um moving forward until this is resolved, but I think that this is w- will, excuse me, this will be something that does get resolved um within the next few months over here. So I think that we could have a choppy maybe first quarter, maybe second quarter, but I do see this overall resolving over the course of this year here and I kind of see us resuming that overall uptrend. So the final thing that I think that we can kind of talk about on the charts is just what's happening with dominance because Bitcoin dominance and altcoin dominance have been in an absolute war over the past I don't know, I mean several weeks now. I mean Bitcoin dominance was on a tear for over a year, Ethereum dominance was on a downfall for over a year. Ethereum dominance may manage to rally off of its previous low from back in June of 2022 bounce really, really well off of this and go back above the 200 day moving average, which is a significant area because Ethereum was not trading over its, or excuse me, Ethereum BTC was not trading over its 200 day moving average on a consistent basis for over a year. And so people saw this. People saw Ethereum's price rising. They saw Ethereum kind of rallying over here in terms of dominance. And they said, hey, this could be the beginning of an alt season. Um, And what we're seeing now is that it's still very much possible, right? Um, Ethereum can kind of still bounce here and and move its way back up. But so far on the downtrend, Bitcoin dominance is back on the rise. And in the same way that Ethereum dominance broke upwards over its 200-day moving average, Bitcoin dominance initially broke downwards um, underneath its 200-day moving average for the first time in over a year. So there is a lot going on in the market. I think the big thing that a lot of people want to watch out for here, and they're probably saying, why do I care about dominance in the first place? Well, everyone loves an alt season. There's a ton of gains to be made in them and pretty much every single market cycle. Like that is what, that's like a big point that everyone's waiting on. They're saying, Hey, when is altcoin season going to be here so that I can go make five, 10, 20, 50 X on some of my altcoin plays. Well, I think Bitcoin dominance is a big thing to watch out for on that front because if we go back and we look at previous market cycles, Bitcoin dominance goes up and up and up until it doesn't. And then when the alt season begins, like we saw in 2021, for example, Bitcoin dominance goes off a cliff and altcoin dominance drastically rises. And so it's in times like this after the initial move up of Bitcoin dominance that the altcoin season happens. Now, it might not always be this big, but we've seen it happen in 2021 right here. We've seen it happen over in 2017, which I'm going to zoom in a little bit more because it's small. But we saw it happen in 2017 right over in here. And so we can see that in between these periods of these big alt seasons that we all know and love in every market cycle, there are periods where Bitcoin dominance rises until it falls during these bigger altcoin seasons. So that's kind of my thoughts on where we're at in the market right now. and. Uh, Again, certainly a lot of things to pay attention to. I think that the coming weeks and the coming months are going to present a number of dip buying opportunities. And for the day traders out there, there's going to be long and short opportunities galore in the coming weeks.
1: So, what would you call uh, like this fall? So, obviously the Bitcoin price ran up, but also we had a mini alt season almost. Uh, yeah. You know, what, what would you would you call it? that? Wasn't a full blown alt season.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, crypto investor. Yeah, exactly. We can have these mini alt seasons inside of of an overall market cycle. Kind of in the same way that we can have I like to call them rallies. So we have the overall market cycles that everyone is um used to, and then we have the rallies inside of those market cycles where things can move up for a period of time and then down for a period of time. And in pretty much every market cycle that we've had, We've seen Bitcoin and most altcoins pull back 10, 20, 30, 40% inside of the overall bull market, as most people would call it. And so it's not uncommon to see these hefty double digit retracements over the period of like a month, two, three months time, even with the overall trend upwards still being maintained. And so that's what I would call this is exactly that. We had a little rally um inside of the overall uptrend and now we're seeing a bit of a retracement but i think that the overall trend will continue and then we're going to have our next rally and then guess what i think we're going to have another retracement after that and that's just you know the the natural way that the markets move doesn't matter if it's crypto or something else tivo is that you know things go up and they go down and uh people uh you know they love them both way it's a double edged. no story. it's it's
1: a great point I was watching CNBC this morning and uh just for the regular stock market Netflix is is the hottest stock they've won the quote unquote streaming Wars um and they were showing the chart and it wasn't that long ago it was last year 22 like the fall of 22 I guess it was almost two years ago a year and a half ago um I don't know some bad numbers came out the stock started selling off and then the famous uh, billionaire Bill Ackman big time investor yeah. he just said he was done with it he was like i'm done with netflix throwing in the towel sold it and they called it the Ackman bottom so it was like the day that Ackman sold it's been a, it's been an elevator up for the last year and a half um and you know a year and a half time you know a couple hundred percent gain um so yeah it happens everywhere you just gotta yeah. read the charts do your research and and try to try to be smart as you can
0: agree with you there you know there was this story circulating around and you know i i think that you've seen it about this pastor
1: who who started a crypto scam did you see that tivo i did i did the uh pastor created worthless cryptocurrency targeting christians to support their lavish lifestyle who claimed you know, that uh, that God came to him directly uh, and told him uh, what to build and how to build it and that he would become wealthy.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was watching this and I actually thought it was part of like a movie scene originally because you're watching it was this a video. Bit.
1: It was like an SNL, it came off like an SNL skit.
0: Yeah, and it was, it wasn't. That was the funny thing is like, I was watching this. So I was like, oh, like what what program is this from? What YouTube channel is this from? And it's like, oh no, this is real. And so my favorite quote inside of this, and he's like, there's all these allegations that we have stole millions of dollars and pocketed and this and that. He's like, well, it's true. We have. Um, <laughs> we're, we did a home renovation with the money that we took from all of you. And then he goes on to talk about how most of you remember this coin that was blah, 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 blah well that was actually a scam and so he like openly the whole thing is so incriminating where he's like we were involved with this scam coin before but now we created our own scam coin where there was no way to withdraw the money and I'm gonna
1: play I'll, I'll insert a clip of it right here so people can catch up on it
2: so how this whole thing started is the Lord told us uh in 21 to walk away from our marketing company and he said I'm gonna do a new thing and then he took us into this cryptocurrency it was a different cryptocurrency other than index point at the time well that cryptocurrency turned out to be a scam and so the lord says give that to him but also give them a 10x and i'm like well where's this liquidity going to come from and the lord says trust me
1: so that so that that's straight from the horse's mouth that guy's wild um and then so they actually created their own exchange so they created the kingdom wealth exchange um, and, and he just admitted, like you heard there about how, you know, God told him to come to create this and it was going to make everybody wealthy. And, and he, he admitted, he was like, yeah, we paid the the IRS 500,000 and we kept, uh, we did a small home renovation for like $750,000 Small home renovation. Yeah, dude. I, I don't know. Be, it, I mean, obviously there's scams everywhere out there, but it's, it's unbelievable that there's people like that. That I, he's all, he's to that point where he's like believing his own lie, if that yeah. makes sense. Like he's all in like he, he he actually believes what he's saying. Like if you put a polygraph on that guy, I think he would pass it.
0: Yeah, it's the whole thing is, is so outlandish that I mean, like we said, we literally thought it was like an SNL skit or something like that, but it wasn't. And so it just goes to show that uh, if something seems too good to be true, if there is no way to withdraw the money, um, probably avoid it. Um, there are going to be increasingly more crypto scams out there as we move deeper and deeper into the bull market. You'll and see raised, impersonators.
1: Sorry, he raised three point two million dollars from three hundred individuals. That doesn't really, it doesn't seem like a lot of people. He had a wealthy basket of people there. I feel like.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I
1: yeah, I have so many questions, and I'm sure we'll
0: learn more information over time. But you got to stay safe out there. You know, be careful of situations like that one. If anything sounds too good to be true impersonators, I mean, we get them all the time. So beware of that, certainly. But man, what a time to be in the crypto markets. I think that there is a lot of great stuff coming our way. And we're excited to be able to do this on a more regular basis and give all of you a consistent market update of just everything that's happening.
1: Yeah, 100%. And uh, if if you're interested in being a part of the show, at Crypto101Pod on Twitter. Uh, DM us, tweet at us. Uh, I go through it all the time. I'll read your DMs if you have stuff you want us to talk about. If you have any questions you want us to answer on air, uh, I'll, be, I'll be happy to field those and bring them on air. Also, be sure to check us out on YouTube. Subscribe. Make sure you can see the videos, see the charting. Uh, give us a review on podcasts, Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen. We appreciate you giving us your time. We hope you like the new segment, and we'll see you again next week.